0: getting warmer all right chapter 20 we do not visit kashmir page 188 if you have this particular book before we start this chapter just it's almost as if this chapter is you know we do not whatever you want. You can fill, fill in the blank. I do not get my way. I don't get the job that I was looking for. I didn't, sa- you know, fulfill this particular desire. This is just a little archetype of so many times in our lives where what we're hoping for, what we really want, what we're putting a lot of energy out towards, what we've constantly told the universe we deeply desire and need, it doesn't happen. So let's see. Perhaps what that reason might be behind why these things don't happen and specifically let's see why it doesn't happen in Yoganandaji's case, why do they not visit Kashmir? Father, I want to invite Master and four friends to accompany me to the Himalayan foothills during my summer vacation. May I have six train passes to Kashmir and enough money to cover our travel expenses? Again, we see over here, Yogananda's fairly um, comfortable uh, lifestyle. His father was a high-ranking official in the railways at the time, in the British railways, I guess. Um, And so he had a lot of freedom. He could travel wherever his father was always able to get him free passes. Even in the previous stories, we find him, you know, running away from home, getting on a train. It's like he had this, you know, (laughs) golden ticket with him that allowed him to do whatever, go wherever. And of course, asking his father, not just for his own expenses, but essentially to host a group of five, six people for a very long period. So you can really see that relationship. Also that comfort he had with his father, even though his father himself was very Um, Stoic, very monastic. Um, We read over here he barely ever kind of spent Spent. any money on himself. But he was also at the same time fairly generous and open. Mm -hmm. As I had expected, Father laughed heartily. This is the third time you have given me the same cock and bull story. Didn't you make a similar request last summer and the year before that? At the last moment, Sri Yukteswarji, refuses to go. So this isn't the first time Yogananda has has been disappointed (laughs) and it's not the first time we are often disappointed in things that we would like to see. And this is the third time that Yogananda is trying to get his guru to come with him to visit Kashmir. It is true father, I don't know why my guru, let's take a moment. It is true, Father. I don't know why my Guru will not give me his definite word about Kashmir. But if I tell him that I have already secured the passes from you, somehow I think that this time he will consent to make the journey." I love this little, um, you can say, little mischievous hope on Yogananda's part. It's like, if this time I can already, it's almost like I have to coax my guru, I have to a little bit blackmail him and to say, look, this time it's totally different. Now I've already got the passes. And again, I, I want us to keep putting ourselves in our own situations in life or when we try to push something into happening Mm -hmm. we try to make sure that you know we collect enough ammunition so that we can point it at god we can point it at our own desire we can point it at the universe and say look this time this time it has to happen because now i've done this and i've done that i've already stacked you know the whole uh, deck in my favor so there should be no reason for this time for it not working out father was unconvinced at the moment But the following day, after some good-humored jibes, he handed me six passes and a roll of 10 rupee bills. I hardly think your your theoretical trip needs such practical props, he remarked, but here they are. So these are the props that we also (laughs) like to have in life, isn't it? I've already gone and done this. I've taken this course. I have learned that. And so now this time, especially when it comes to You know, putting into motion some of these spiritual spiritual desires to a certain degree, uh, you know, to take it whether it's about some prosperity, you're getting the right job, or succeeding in a certain relationship, and we kind of go, so now I've learned these theories, and I have gone and, you know, taken this course, and I've gone and done this affirmation, so now the universe is, you know, has no other choice but. And so as uh, Yogananda's father calls them, These practical props, we're also, you know, often try to go and fill our pockets up with as many practical props as we can. That afternoon, I I exhibited my booty to Sri Yukteswar. Though he smiled at my enthusiasm, his words were non-committal. I would like to go. We shall see. He made no comment when I asked his little hermitage helper, hermitage disciple, Kanai to accompany us. I also invited three other friends, Rajendranath Mitra, Jyotin Audi and one other boy. Our date of departure was set for the following Monday. Everything's, you know, just right. The people have been invited, the passes have been secured, the money is in the hand, you know, and is really trying all around Sri Yukteswar to make all these things happen. So he, he kind of wants to force his guru mm. into a corner where now his guru will say well you know so since much as have, yeah. <laughs> since you put out so much energy and now i don't want to disappoint you in front of your friends or what will your father think if i refuse a third time and so yogananda this time is as best prepared as he possibly can for this trip to happen on saturday and sunday i stayed in calcutta where marriage rites for a cousin were being celebrated at my family home. I arrived in Serampore with my luggage early Monday morning. Rajendra met me at the hermitage door. Master is out walking. He has refused to go. I was equally grieved and obdurate. Obdurate means very stubborn um, and not willing to change uh, my mind. I will not give father a third chance to ridicule my chimerial plans for Kashmir. Come, the rest of us will go anyhow. So this is where, you know, when the one thing we do want to happen, it doesn't happen and but you know, rather than us asking, and this is something Swamiji, you know, when he was building Ananda, he, he constantly put out when people would ask him, What's next? What should we do? Can we do this? Can we do that? He says, the most important question to ask is, what is trying to happen here? And almost none of us take that moment and say, what's trying to happen? Why is, I mean, here, obviously Sri Yukteswar is trying to send a message, but sometimes we get so obdurate or so stubborn that we won't change our decision. And we've also put so much on the line. I mean, the very fact that Yogananda Ji mentions here, I won't let father have the satisfaction again. You know, we've told our friends, oh, you know, we're going to get this. We've told people that we're, we're now so well prepared for this desire to be fulfilled. And we just can't let them have the satisfaction of knowing that we failed again. And so everything that drives our desire, even if the desire itself is, even if it's uplifting or if it's, you know, if it's not necessarily a downward pulling desire, Even in that, it's how we approach that desire and why it is that we want to fulfill it and what kind of forces our hand rather than allowing things to happen, to make certain things, to push certain things into being. And it usually ends up being other people's realities, external things that we don't want to lose face in. Rajendra agreed. So they're saying... Doesn't matter if my guru is not coming, I'm going to go, we're going to go, no matter what. Rajendra agreed. I left the ashram to find a servant. Kanai, I knew, would not take the trip without master, and someone was needed to look after the luggage. I bethought myself of Bihari, previously a servant in my family home, who was now employed by a Sirampur schoolmaster. As I walked along briskly, I met my guru in front of the Christian church near Serampur courthouse. Where are you going? Shri ukteshwar's face was unsmiling. Sir, I hear that you and Kanai will not take the trip we have been planning. I love the words <laughs> that we have been planning. I am seeking Behari. You will recall that last year he was so anxious to see Kashmir that he even offered to serve without pay so fine you, this is not going to work I have the perfect alternative there is this one guy and he so badly wants to go he doesn't even want he's not even going to ask me for money it's like things couldn't be better so I don't really need you because I have other options I remember never oh Sri says I remember nevertheless I don't think Bihari will be willing to go I was exasperated He is just eagerly waiting for this opportunity. You can just see, you know, the little disciple and the Guru having this Leela playing out. But it's just so much like us. The universe is giving us a clear message. Sometimes our own intuition, perhaps, is giving us a clear message. But we will not budge. We've made this decision and we will not lose this time. My Guru silently resumed his walk. I soon reached the schoolmaster's house. Bihari in the courtyard greeted me with a friendly warmth that abruptly vanished as soon as I mentioned Kashmir. With a murmured word of apology, the servant left me and entered his employer's house. I waited half an hour, nervously assuring myself that Bihari's delay was being caused by preparations for this trip. Finally, I knocked at the front door. Bihari left by the back stairs about 30 minutes ago. A man informed me. A slight smile hovered about his lips. I departed sadly, wondering whether my invitation had been too coercive or whether master's unseen influence were at work. Passing the Christian church again, I saw my guru walking slowly toward me. Without waiting to hear my report, he exclaimed, So, Behari would not go. Now, what are your plans? Again and again, I mean, this is just, of course, it's comical to a certain degree, you know, this whole exchange happening. He's going this one way, then he comes back, meets his guru again. But this is really the process of our own, our own intuitive attunement with divine will. It's a coming back and checking in And then going out again and then coming back and checking in and going out again and coming back and checking in and doesn't mean that we've understood it all all the time. In this particular case, it's just obvious that Yogananda is not listening to Sri Yukteswar's very kind of clear counsel. I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you need to go. So he's just making it obvious yet. He's not pushing it. He's not like, Yogananda, I'm telling you, you should not go. I'm telling you it's not going to work very, very lightly throwing it out there, seeing what the disciple does with that feeling, with that little intuitive perception and then allowing the disciple to go back out and to the best of their ability to manifest their understanding, try again perhaps because it is important to test our willpower. The idea here is not to just sit as a lump of clay and kind Mm. of say, you know what, oh it's not happening so it's not happening. No, At times we have to make things happen. There is no doubt about it. But that's why this testing phase is important. Make something happen, return back to your center. You know, pass your guru at the church in the inside. See what he says to you. Go back out, make something happen, come back and pass your guru once again at the church. And this is, in fact, the very process all of us need to employ in developing and processing and building on our own intuitive perceptions. I felt like a recalcitrant child. These words in here, huh? I had to look up recalcitrant, of course. And recalcitrant is an, a child who is uncooperative in attitude. So it pretty much defines all of us at some point of our lives. I, feel, I felt like a recalcitrant child who is determined to defy his masterful father. That little little rebellious energy starts to come in now. He's like, (laughs) the more he's being thwarted in his desire, the more a part of him is saying, now I have to, have to, have to prove that I could do this. So I am going to ask my uncle to lend me his servant, Lal Dhari. See your uncle if you want to, Sri Yukteswar replied with a chuckle. But I hardly think. You will enjoy the visit. Again, just dropping these very gentle but clear hints. I mean, he's not just, it's not cryptic at the same time, but it's gentle. Apprehensive but rebellious, I left my guru and entered Serampur courthouse. My paternal uncle, Sarada Ghosh, a government attorney, welcomed me affectionately. I am leaving today with some friends for Kashmir. I told him, for years I have been looking forward to this Himalayan trip. He's building it up this time. Last time he went directly to the servant and just said, Chalo, let's go for Kashmir. This time he knows. I have to build up a little bit.
1: It's interesting to contemplate how even Yogananda, who was already a self-realized master, he somehow, he's using that kind of emotional uh, type of feeling and present himself himself sometime, sometimes as a victim, like, oh, <laughs> I have been already preparing all this. Sometimes by, as you were saying, no, coercing his guru. I, I really appreciate, I mean, all the resources that Yogananda is trying to use to manipulate so far God's will. And I really appreciate the kind of willpower that he wasn't going to just let go of that right away. And I think this is a very important um, test for the disciple in order to know really if you are following the right intuition, because you will not always know at the first trial. You need to see how many times that door that you are trying to cross through is closed and and is locked sometimes <laughs> but but you need you need to you need to approach that door you need to see if you can open it if it's easier for you and only then you will have the certainty that that indeed is not meant for you but i i really really appreciate because this story has so many layers and we are going to pick it up from the perspective of uh, the ability to listen to your Guru's guidance because sometimes it becomes so subtle. But there is also another aspect of this story of the importance of keep putting energy out until it becomes so obvious to you that this is not really the course of action.
0: So as he says here, For years, I have been looking forward to this Himalayan trip. I am happy for you, Mukunda. Is there anything I can do to make your journey more comfortable? That was the bait right there. (laughs) And the uncle has taken the bait. So finally now, Mukunda says, these kind words gave me a lift of encouragement. Dear uncle, (laughs) dear uncle, suddenly this sweetness begins to flow, I said. Could you possibly spare me your servant, Lal Dhari? My simple request had the effect of an earthquake. Uncle jumped so violently that his chair overturned. The papers on the desk flew in every direction and his pipe, a long coconut-stemmed Hubble bubble, fell to the floor with a great clatter." So a sudden kind of disharmonious slap passes through the universe, passes through that circumstance. You selfish young man, he shouted, quivering with wrath. What a preposterous idea. Who will look after me if you take my servant on one of your pleasure jaunts? I concealed my surprise, reflecting that my amiable uncle's sudden change of front was only one more enigma in a day fully devoted to incomprehensibility.
1: That's a good one.
0: So finally now it's it's starting to sink in a little bit. <laughs> huh. This uncle of mine, he's usually like really, really loving, really, really sweet. He himself says, Is there anything I can do to make your trip more comfortable? And then there's this sudden shift. This is another wonderful way to kind of tune into the universe. Is anytime anything that happens, that seems a little bit absurd, a little bit unusual, you know, pause in that moment. Something's trying to happen there. Some message is trying to be communicated. If a person acts in in a way they usually don't. out of
1: proportion if it's
0: out of proportion in its you know weirdness if there's something you've been doing every day a route you take every time and today that route for some reason is completely blocked and there's all this you know chaos on it every all these kind of moments are are the universe's communications to us so we should look out for these absurd moments especially in human interactions If any time somebody kind of expresses themselves in a way that they usually don't, it's important in that moment to ask again, as we said in the beginning, what's trying to happen? What's going on? Something's, Something's different. And so the very fact that it's different enough that it wants to draw your attention to it is that, okay, I need to pay attention here. This is my guru. This is the universe. This is my guide kind of trying to reach out to me and the way that they can reach out to us is by changing something in the usual flow of how things are in our life because we're sometimes so dense we've got these blinders on you know hum chale ja rahe, chale ja rahe. so the only way for them to do something is to say okay let me you know shift this here let me shift that here so that we suddenly say well, where did this come from and we of course think it's the p- person's fault or it's that situation's fault, or it's my driver's fault, but it's not. Because of that moment, it should be like, oh, what, what are you trying to tell me? Instantly, we should be looking up and asking God, what, what are you trying to tell me? So, of course, over here, this is one more enigma in a day fully devoted to incomprehensibility. My retreat from the courthouse office was more alacritous than dignified. I returned to the hermitage where my friends were expectantly gathered. Conviction was growing on me that some su- on me, that some sufficient, if exceedingly recondite, motive was behind my master's attitude. So recondite is a hidden motive or an unknown, unseen, secret motive. So starting to realize little by little, something else is at play. And of course, he knew that his guru was at the center of what was going on. Remorse seized me that I have been trying to thwart my guru's will. I mean, I wish we we got these things as quickly as Yogananda did in just a matter of few hours. Remorse seized me. Instantly, he realized, oh my goodness, what have I been doing? That I have been thwart trying to thwart my guru's will, Mukunda, wouldn't you like to stay a while longer with me? Sri Yukteshwar inquired. How sweet! Rajendra and the others can go ahead now, and wait for you at Calcutta. There will be a, there will be plenty of time to catch the last evening train leaving Calcutta for Kashmir. Sir, hmm. I don't care to go without you. I said mournfully.
1: i like this particular moment where before all this time there has been a fight <laughs> between yogananda's will and his guru's will and it has been going on for hours i mean yogananda did it didn't give in i mean he just kept his will his you know power his almost, you know, um, obs- obsession with going <laughs> to this trip, but he's just going to hell that there. But then one thing after another, after another, just brought him to that moment where his guru asks him once more hmm. and gives him once more, one more chance to surrender. And those moments are really what count in our attunement because no matter how many times we refuse the guru, we fight with the guru, we complain with the guru, we try to impose our, our will to the gurus, still he will come back to you again and again to give you another chance to really surrender and to me that's an act of pure and conditional love that no matter how many times we find ourselves fighting and trying to impose our desires on God's will um, he will stay there but eventually he will bring himself down to your level to keep asking you do you trust me do you want to to surrender to me i, I know what's going on uh, are you willing now and and i think it's a beautiful um, just concept to keep in mind
0: sir i don't care to go without you i said mournfully my friends paid not the slightest attention to my remark. They summoned a hackney carriage and departed with all the luggage. Kanai and I sat quietly at our Guru's feet. After about half an hour of complete silence. I love that, huh? Just sitting there in complete silence with the Guru. No words are necessary, no more. You see, I told you this is why. Just just absorbing. Just getting back into that center everything of that day that had pulled him out or taken him away from attunement this was his chance now this was the moment to return back to his center return back to his guru after a half an hour of complete silence master rose and walked toward the second floor dining patio can i please serve mukunda's food his train leaves soon So even here, Sri Yukteswar has not yet imposed his will. He's not yet said, okay, now Mukunda is not going. Yogananda is just not going. All right, let's just make arrangements. Let him go to bed now soon. He's still leaving that door open. He's still testing the disciple. He's still waiting for the disciple to take that final step to say, you know what, once more, no way, I'm not going to go against what my guru has kind of already hinted at me. Getting up from my blanket seat, I staggered suddenly with nausea and a ghastly churning sensation in my stomach. The stabbing pain was so intense that I felt I had been abruptly hurled into some violent hell. Groping blindly toward my guru, I collapsed before him, attacked by all the symptoms attacked by all symptoms of the dread Asiatic Cholera. Sri Yukteswar and Kanai carried me to the sitting room. Racked with agony, I cried, Master, I surrender my life to you. For I believed it was indeed fast ebbing from the shores of my body. Sri Yukteswar put my head on his lap, stroking my forehead with angelic, tenderness. You see now, what would have happened if you were at the station with your friends? He said, I had to look after you in this strange way because you chose to doubt my judgment about taking the trip at this particular time. Now once Yogananda was just, I surrender my life completely to you. Once that surrender, as Narayani was saying, Happens and is complete, then the guru can reveal what he was doing, what was at play, what was going on, why he had to do the these certain things that he did. And imagine this the scene here. And we don't, of course, Asiatic cholera isn't much of an issue now, but back then it was one of the major kind of sources of death and sickness and illness. And if Yogananda was going to be at the station with his friends, on a train with his friends, what would have happened in that moment? And Sri Yukteswar couldn't, of course, or wouldn't change that karma. He wasn't like, oh, my disciple has to go. So let me just, you know, fix everything up for him. What we have to go through, we have to go through. What we have to burn, we have to burn. We, we have to be the instrument for that burning process. Otherwise, what's the point? No true knowledge will come. No true wisdom will come. No actual growth will come. We'll just stay exactly where we are. We'll be a little comfortable, a little more comfortable, but nowhere will our consciousness awaken and grow from that process.
1: I like to bring a a little more personal aspect of Sri Yukteswar here because he chose to teach a lesson to yogananda when yogananda was at his weakest Mm. moment when he was so sensitive and so vulnerable also physically i mean he just he was completely at his lowest in a sense and yogananda and sri yuteshwar chose to share what really Yogananda had to learn while he had Yogananda's head on his lap and touching his forehead as a mother takes care of his child when he's sick, when he doesn't understand what's happening. And he chose in this particular case, to teach yogananda a lesson through love rather than through harsh reasoning wisdom explaining him all the reasons why he didn't get it rather he allowed yogananda to be so like uh, defeated physically spiritually energetically emotionally And then what Sri Yukteswar did with that feeling, just took it in his lap and just caring for it, touched him and infused him with love, saying, can you understand now why I kept you next to me? I mean, for me, this is a very, very powerful moment because Especially for parents who always have the choice to teach their mm. children, whether through explaining them the things or whether by uh, showing acts of love without judge- judging them. And we find ourselves many times in situations we, we have when we have thousand reasons to judge other people, to judge our own gurubites. And we choose to judge them. And we just choose to tell them what they are doing wrong and why they are doing in this way. Rather than just, you know, let it be. Come, let me give you a hack. Let, let, Let me find a way where I can support you in your way of learning. Perhaps a very difficult lesson. And, and I think compassion sometimes is the answer.
0: I understood at last. Inasmuch as great masters seldom see fit to display their powers openly, a casual observer of the day's events would have imagined that their sequence was quite natural. Again, we come back to that thing where the moment the sequence of events you know of your day feel a little different, just a little off, a different action, a different reaction, a different circumstance, a certain delay, this is how the masters are actually working their will. Because they don't see fit to display their powers openly. This is not what they came for. They're not here to show you, look at what I can do. No, they're here to help us become more receptive and more open. So this is a fabulous kind of m- measure of whether or not the universe is communicating with you, whether or not your Guru is trying to bring before you some awareness that you have been kind of pushing aside in, in pursuit of a particular intention or a particular goal, a particular, particular desire in that moment just very helpful to step back and say, okay, this is how my guru works. By changing, by shifting these tiny little things, because great masters just don't display their powers openly. Anybody who does display his power openly, if they haven't received divine sanction for it, you know that something's not quite right there, because Mm. that's not the point. The point of having power, weirdly, (laughs) is actually to try your absolute best not to use it, only and only as it said in a previous chapter that we were, God has asked me, I have received divine sanction to give you this particular experience, otherwise I never would, I can be doing this all the time, Sri Yukteswar could be appearing wherever he wants at any time, but he wasn't and he isn't and he doesn't, only because that's just not the point my guru's intervention had been too subtle to be suspected that's that's the that's mm-hmm. the way it's like you won't even suspect that the gurus at work here you just assume ah, okay you know this is what's happening he had worked his will through bihari through my uncle sarad through rajendra and the others in such an inconspicuous manner that probably everyone but myself thought the situations had been logically normal. This was the greatness of Yogananda in this particular case as the disciple. Not that he disregarded his guru's, you know, kind of casual uh, advice, but that he was constantly aware that something else was happening. Even then he chose, I mean, he was aware, he chose not to fully give in to that awareness. And we all will do that. And we all, as Narayani also rightly said, we need to do that. It's the only way we are able to build that intuition. Because if we think that we're always right in our intuition, that's where then life starts to kind of will throw curveballs at us. We, in fact, have to be very careful with our own intuition to build it in the way until we know for a fact again and again, I have disregarded this intuition again and again, and yet I come back to this feeling, I come back to that sensitive perception inside me. Now I know this is right.
1: And introspect. After you have put all that willpower, all that energy, after you know you have done your very, very best and still has not worked out, pause for a moment and an introspect you know what has been the reason what why is this not happening and in fact we should do this every single day with ourselves how much have we tested our intuition intuition has to be very dynamic many people ask how can i live by always by my intuition when intuition is like a muscle and what Yogananda did here, try to test that project, that trip, that situation he wanted to create. He had to test it. And only then, at the end of that day, when he paused, he could see the reason why it didn't happen. So for each one of us, perhaps this is a, a good thing to start keeping in mind. Let's see after a project. What worked out? What didn't? Uh, how I behaved in that project? Was I trying to manipulate a situation in order to make it my way? Or did I force people to act in a particular way? to fulfill even a spiritual desire i mean these are very subtle layers on the spiritual path on our discipleship that we should be so alert and sometimes is better for us to fail in a project but as long as we have put and have gone through that project i mean applying all the spiritual principles at the best, at its highest. I mean, that's what true dharma is all about, is to perform your activities, try to fulfill your expectations, but only and only using spiritual principles without cutting corners, without using people, without manipulating your Guru's will. And this takes time, how to learn, how to live our lives in this particular way. It requires a lot of refined consciousness where you are living your daily life, not just to gain spiritually, but keep Improving and refining your consciousness
0: as Sri Yukteswar never failed to observe his social obligations, he instructed Kanaya to go for a specialist and to notify my uncle again, just a very practical man. He was, you know, completely with God, but go get the doctor, go get the mm-hmm. go. go let the uncle know because this is what's happening in this moment, and of course. Yogananda says, Master, only you can heal me. I am too far gone for any doctor. Child, you are protected by the divine mercy. Don't worry about the doctor. He will not find you in this state. You are already healed. Sri Yukteswar is just amazing. Even in this moment, he just accepts nothing for himself. You are protected by God everything goes back to god not like i know i know my child i of course i will heal you don't you worry i'm here none of that child you're protected by the divine mercy you're already healed just that's the that's the complete transparency that's how you become a channel for god not by actually focusing so much on the channel which is where we go so wrong in this desire to become a channel. I want to be a channel for God. And then we just completely forget that you cannot be a channel for God as long as you think that you are going to be that channel. Just like, oh, you're protected by the divine mercy. What are you you worried about?
1: I really liked here, like Sri Yukteswar says, he never failed to observe his social obligations. I mean, he was a man who had the power of the universe and yet cooperated with the world he was living in and this was this is such a practical lesson for us to keep in mind to be spiritual doesn't mean that you don't need to use what god has given you also or what god uses sometimes as instruments to support you, to heal you physically, to give you strength of some sort. So uh, many people, sometimes this is something that we face often. People come to a problem. I don't need a doctor. I'm not going to visit anyone. I don't need anybody's help. I mean, this is such a great example. You know, if you are feeling some pain and you have tried already everything, just go and visit a doctor. Be, practical in your
0: idealism
1: idealism.
0: with my guru's words the excruciating suffering left me I sat up feebly a doctor soon arrived and examined me carefully you appear to have passed through the worst he said I will take some specimens with me for laboratory testing the following morning the physician arrived hurriedly I was sitting up in good spirits Well, well, here you are, smiling and chatting as though you had had no close call with death. He patted my hand gently. I hardly expected to find you alive. After I had discovered from your specimens that your disease was Asiatic Cholera. You are fortunate, young man, to have a guru with divine healing powers. I am convinced of it who knows what the doctor needed to gain from this whole situation. Of course we've not gone in that whole tangent. The fun part about this book is imagine if we could have every individual who just comes who has a seemingly minor role, who's an extra in the movie of the autobiography of a yogi. What if we were to kind of go into their lives as well?
1: See it through their eyes also.
0: And then just see whatever that little moment for them to be in the presence of these two great masters What that would have done for them. Where their soul journeys from that moment on take them. It's just, you have to see this universe the way God sees it. Putting all these things together. Was this this situation for Yogananda? Or could it perhaps even been for this doctor? Could it have been for Yogananda's friends who needed to experience? I mean, it's just, we have no idea what's going on. And we're so self centered, so caught up in this must be all about me, where we forget that God doesn't think that you're any different from absolutely every other soul and he's looking out for everyone. And just to see this tiny little thing about this doctor having that momentary connection with Sri Yukteswar and Yogananda, who knows what impact that had on his life. I agreed wholeheartedly. As the doctor was preparing to leave, Rajendra and Audi appeared at the door. The resentment in their faces changed into sympathy as they glanced at the physician and then at my somewhat vain countenance. We were angry when you didn't turn up, as agreed at the Calcutta train. You have been sick? Yes, I could not stop I could not help laughing at my friend's placed. Sorry. My
1: friends.
0: I could not help laughing as my friends placed the luggage in the same corner it had occupied yesterday. Everything comes back full circle. I quoted, there was a ship that went to Spain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When it arrived, it came back again. Master entered the room. I permitted myself a con- convalescent liberty Sorry, I'm just lost today. Convalescence. liberty and captured his hand lovingly. Guruji, I said, from my 12th year on, I have made many unsuccessful attempts to reach the Himalayas. I am finally, finally convinced that without your blessings, the goddess Parvati will not receive me
1: it's so amazing that we think the lesson that yogananda had to learn was just within 24 hours but let's just keep in mind that yogananda has tried to make this trip for this is the third year so we are dealing here with a karmic situation that it took three years In order for Yogananda to be ready to assimilate such lesson from his guru, the lesson of really surrendering and and a lesson of the importance to keep listening for your guru's guidance, not the fourth, fifth, sixth time, but at the first time that your guru says something, at the first time that you notice that something is off, for us to be able to stop and reset our energy and to see what needs to be redirected, what needs to be adjusted, what needs to be changed. And and I love the fact that it seems that everything is happening right there, but, but even for Yogananda, it took sometimes years. There is here a footnote where Yogananda says, Master, referring Sri Yukteswar, failed to make any explanation. His reluctance to visit Kashmir during those two summers May have been a foreknowledge that the time was not ripe for his illness there. So we are seeing here a man that is working with, I mean, a guru who is working with his disciple and his karmic pattern in terms of years. (laughs) I mean, it's just so incredible. Surely is. Comprehend.
0: (laughs) Comprehend. None of us are getting our words right today, are we? Yeah, I
1: don't know
0: what... Well, anyway, don't worry that you packed your bags and we didn't get to go to Kashmir. Keep them right there because next week we will visit Kashmir. In the meantime, spend this week a little bit in that greater awareness of your environment, of the situations that are coming to you. See if there's some... that you notice amiss or something that's suddenly a little more absurd than usual, something slightly different Mm. than your usual routine and then just ask, what's trying to happen here? If there's any thought you've put out in that moment, reassess, readjust, um, change it perhaps and just kind of get back into that attunement. Make a little willpower attempt and then return to your center, make another attempt, return to your center and then see the results of what does come tomorrow we're going to